This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Hey there, and welcome to Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, episode number seven. I hope you guys are enjoying this uh, podcast as much as Mike and I enjoy bringing it to you each and every week. We've kind of run the gamut. This week's show is going to be a little different. It was pre-recorded at the Bayside Media Days. Yes, it was held at Cambridge South Dorchester High School uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we are going to be talking to high school football coaches from across the shore and a few of their players as well. Yeah, Mike Bradley had the opportunity to sit down with them. Make sure you share this podcast, if you can, with your friends and family members and other football fans from across the shore. You know, we're covering high school sports and other sports here on the shore, and hopefully you enjoy it as much as we do. Why don't we go ahead and get started? Mike Bradley's going to kick it all off when he sits down with James McCormick and the North Carolina Bulldogs. That's next right here with Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey, it's David Wilson Jr. with the Preston Automotive Group. Preston is a great place to buy because you can always expect great customer service when you're buying your vehicle and after the sale. Customers can call me directly on my cell phone at 410-829-0034. We love the communities we serve and we'd love to give back no matter what the case may be. The Preston Automotive Group has been in my family for 40 years. My father has been serving this community and has passed it on to our family to continue to serve you no matter what you're looking for at any time for all your vehicle needs. Whether it's service, sales, parts, or the body shop, Preston's got you covered. Don't have time to bring your car into the dealership for service? We'll bring the service to you with one of our mobile service vans. The Preston Automotive Group is always a great place to buy your car because we have the best prices and the best service after the sale. No matter what you're looking for, we have over 1,500 new vehicles and over 700 pre-owned vehicles at any time. You can always shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, we'll deliver. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle and the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at TheEdgeTrainingAcademy.com. All right, this is the Time Out Podcast here, a part of Shore Sports MD, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mike Bradley. And uh, we're here this morning at Cambridge South Dorchester as uh, a number of teams here in the Bayside Conference have been uh, kind enough to come out here on a hot summer's morning uh, as we start to get into the season. Uh, but first uh, first things first, of course, practice. But uh, we've got uh, North Carolina first up as uh, head coach James McCormick is joining us. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. And before we get into the season with you, um, also make mention of the two players that you brought with you today. Well, first thing is, you know, thanks for having us here. You know, you guys always do a lot to help promote sports, football specifically. But, uh, you know, anything we can do to, to help you guys out is, is you know, part of the deal and uh, we're happy to be here but uh, I got two young men with me today Owen Doyle and McKay Piavis both are seniors for us Uh, I guess we couldn't find anybody else willing to go so we grabbed these two guys but uh, (laughs) uh, look they're both great young men Uh, they're good football players and we're looking forward to having them on the field and coaching them up this year. Coach as we know uh, the fall season was played in the spring last year so as we go forward here 
in what we think is going to be, at least as of now as we talk, uh, back to at least somewhat of a normal season. Take us through that and how normal is right now is it expected to be in terms of practice? Well, the, the, the word that we get from the higher-ups is back to normal, back to normal. That's kind of the, the phrase they keep repeating. So we're, we're hoping that that's how it's going to be. You know, we're going to find out here in a couple of days once we start practice and uh, get everybody in. The, the weight room's been pretty normal this summer with kids coming in. Uh, so that's a first step. You know, hopefully we can keep it keep it going, get into camp, get the season rolling, and kind of get things squared away. Talk to us about what your philosophy was, because every team is a little bit different in the spring, how you approach that, and then how that will impact this coming fall for you. Um, you know, so the spring season last year was, you know, it, it's different. You know, every, nobody expected it. Nobody uh, – uh, really knew knew how to handle it, but uh, you know our thing was number one. We had some seniors that deserved an opportunity to get on the field, so we wanted to get them some playing time uh, and have kind of that last you know high school football experience, whatever it was. You know, try to get that for them. Uh, but we also had some younger guys that we wanted to get some playing time and uh, guys that were going to be coming from JV up to varsity uh, that you know, we wanted to get on the field and see what they were going to be able to do for us this year. Uh, you know, as as we get through the spring, kind of use that as a primer to get ready for this fall. Will there be a JV uh, year? This, this coming season, right? I mean, that is yes, ex yes, expected. Yeah, as far as we know, uh, we're planning on having a JV, and, uh, you know, we're, we're working like things are normal. In terms of the turnaround, qu quicker turnaround, though, after um, spring ball, you guys maybe a little time off, but then you're working out again, you're weightlifting, running, and then getting to training camp here. How much different do you expect that to be, and do you expect that you're going to be further ahead of the curve day one than you've been in years past? No, we're still, I think, behind the curve a little bit compared to what we've done in, in previous years. But, uh, again, this isn't a normal year, and we're, we're trying to get things back on track here. So we're moving in the right direction. We're not in that normal flow yet. Uh, but hopefully this season will get us back on track and then we can get into an off season next year and get things kind of back to normal in, in our progression and how we do things. You know, everybody was in the same boat last year, last season, I should say, but you, know, you guys have had a heck of a run and last year, you know, a few L's that you guys haven't experienced over the years. And I know that's got to be tough, but also knowing that, hey, everybody's game, you know, aiming for you as well as the gold standard in the program. Um, talk to us, you know, what, what about that learning experience or what did you guys take away from that learning experience? Well, we, we learned that we got to keep working. You know, that's the big thing. You know, we had a couple losses. We got a couple teams, uh, you know, with Easton and uh, Queen Anne's that got one on us last year. Uh, you know, our job is to make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, so we got to get back to the basics. We got to work, make sure we're, we're disciplined, not making mistakes, turning the ball over. Little things like that uh, cost you, especially against good teams. And, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of always prided ourselves on not making those mistakes. We made a few in the spring. We're going to make sure we don't do it again this fall. In terms of numbers, before we get to the players, Coach, in terms of numbers, talk to us about um, how many you expect to have and uh, how many you have returning just in general on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, varsity-wise, I think we're pretty good with our numbers. Uh, our JV is going to take a hit a little bit where our numbers are down a little bit for JV. You know, part of that is the instability that we've had over the last year. You know, that's part of getting back to normal, see if we can get those kids back, reengaged, get them back in the program, doing things. Uh, varsity-wise, I think our numbers are going to be about where they've been the last few years. Uh, we got some good kids. We got some decent depth. Uh, we just need to keep working and, and getting better, and we'll be all right. Let's bring the players in here again. Uh, introduce yourselves. I'm part, I don't have paper and pen. <laughs> Write it down, but go ahead. Introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Owen Doyle. And my name is McKay Piavis. So, Owen, talk to, talk to us about your experience in the spring and how the team uh, came together. Was that uh, even more of a rallying cry during what's obviously a very difficult, was a difficult time? Yeah, I feel like we didn't really have time to prepare for the uh, spring season. It kind of caught us off guard, but we went out there and we played. 
Talk to us about your experience. Uh, well, it's it's definitely different. Uh, normally, have a uh, have a good time period and know when the season's going to start. But with spring season, with COVID being uh, almost at random at some points, with things changing, it uh, you never really knew when when things were going to go downhill. So you kind of played when you could. What what did you guys do to try to? Because there weren't fans or there were not as many as you're used to, what did you guys try to do to uh, get yourselves revved up for a game on a Friday night? I mean, I was already revved up. I was ready to go. But just go out there and compete, like treat it like a real game. No fans definitely took a hit. Uh, North Carolina has really good fans. They always have. And um, having a limited amount of fans definitely brought down energy. But uh, we made it a point in the locker room to make sure that energy is always staying up because that's what wins the games. Oh, talk to us about your, your expectations for this fall. For this fall, I expect we work as a team, no dumb penalties. We're uh, mentally and physically sound, and we go out there and win games. That's what I expect. And coach, in terms of the level of commitment, in terms of weight room and all that, um, how has that been leading up to practice here soon? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Like I said, you know, our varsity guys have been coming in the weight room and working hard. You know, we, we understand it's summer. You want to spend time with your buddies, go on vacation and that kind of stuff. But you also have a commitment to the team. And, and you know, we, we ask our guys to do a certain number of workouts over the summer. And, uh, you know, pretty much all of our guys have made those workouts. Uh, so we're excited, and, uh, you know, I think coming into camp, we're going to, like I said, try to get back in that normal routine, and, and hopefully things keep keep going in that direction. Let me ask you guys from a player's standpoint, we're seeing in the Bayside, uh, you know, more spread-type offensive attacks. Talk to us about how that may have changed your guys' preparation and what you guys maybe even been doing differently to uh, have to account for more offensive attacks that way. Um, We'll probably have to uh, send more pressure if they're passing the ball the whole game. But, you know, we, we keep a pretty normal routine in practice. You know, obviously sometimes you're going to see a, a Stephen Decatur who throws the ball like 150 times a game um, or an Easton, you know, that you're going to spend a little bit more time in Skelly than what you might normally do if you're seeing a colonel or, uh, you know, somebody like that. But, um, you know, our, our guys uh, know the routine. You know, we stick to it. I mean, we try to get them as prepared as we can each week. And, uh, you know, if we see a team's going to throw the ball a little bit more, then we got to come up you know, with some different things, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. Will you drill a little bit differently in terms of uh, pass drops and that perspective as compared to getting ready for a run-heavy type team? Yeah, I mean, but it still comes down to fundamentals. So whatever those fundamentals are that we're teaching to deal with a pass set or a run set, uh, as long as we stick to those fundamentals, get the kids uh, comfortable with what they're supposed to do, you know, our thing is, is play fast. Look, don't think about what you're doing. Know what you're supposed to do, line up and get after it. And, uh, you know, if we can get them in that situation, then that's where we want to be. Guys, uh, and who do you kick off with, and then we'll let you go. We kick off with Queen Anne's. So that'll be, uh, I think, uh, September 3rd uh, at North Carolina. So yeah. it should be a good night. And that will be our first game here for Overtime Live. So we're looking forward to it. But, guys, thank you so much. Help to get out the word Shore Sports MD here as the uh, timeout podcast here on location uh, as we do a Bayside Media Day today. Guys, thanks so much from North Carolina. Best wishes to your thank season. You. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Sports have an impressive host of social, academic, and physical benefits for teenagers. Despite these benefits, research shows that teen athletes are at a higher risk than non-athletes for certain negative behaviors. Experts believe the social culture for certain team sports influence participants to drink. Now is the time to take a step back and recognize that athletes are human beings above anything else, and their mental health and substance use must be addressed in a positive and understanding way. Through listening and validating, you can help create a safe space for your student to talk openly about the risks of substance use and abuse. 
Create a judgment-free space for your child to share their feelings and their thoughts. Ask questions in regards to substance use. If you suspect your child is consuming alcohol or other substances, reach out for help. For All Seasons is a community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center of the Midshore. Queenstown Bank combines traditional community banking with the conveniences of modern banking technology. Visit their branches in Queenstown, Easton, Chester, Graysonville, Stevensville, Centerville, Churchill, Ridgely, and a loan production office in Cambridge. Queenstown Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. All right, it's the Time Out podcast here, ShoresportsND.com. Of course, our new website venture here, and uh, this is uh, an overtime live portion here. We're doing our first ever Bayside Media Day where we're hosting it, uh, Cambridge South Dorchester. We're really excited to be doing so. and really appreciate all the teams uh, that have come out on a, a muggy morning here right before uh, practice starts to get underway. And uh, we're joined uh, by Queen Anne's County Lions uh, with head coach Al Waters, also Dylan Meekins and KJ Smothers, and we'll get to Dylan and KJ here coming up but uh, coach thanks for joining us we appreciate it and again I know we talked about the fact that uh, certainly a unique situation for somebody like yourself although you certainly have had years at Queen Anne's prior to taking over as head coach but uh, in a modified type situation uh, a lot of challenges in the spring so this summer coming up hopefully or in a week or so when you guys are a couple days when you get started ought to seem a, a, a bit different a complete 180 I would say. Yeah, this year we at least got a feel we're going to practice on. So uh, that's that's a plus from last year. Right, right. (laughs) Um, So as you go in uh, to this season in establishing the program and what you want to do, do you feel like, though, you were able to do enough of that in the spring? Or is this almost kind of hitting a reset button about Al Waters and Queen Anne's program going forward? Uh, No, we we were – you know, we were in the weight room four days a week. Uh, We put in the work, did a lot of seven-on-sevens and eight-on-eights. So – uh, the numbers are down, but uh, the guys that we had in there put in the work, so uh, you know we can't ask for more than that. But what's been your message uh, in taking over the program to the team and, and how you want it to be represented, how you want people to talk about it on the outside, looking in? Uh, hard work, you know, not just on the football field, but uh, you know, we had uh, about 20, 20 players do some uh, community service for the 4-H fair that starts this week. And uh, I told them, you know, they're out there representing the school, this football team, not just themselves. So it uh, doesn't matter if you're on the field or not, but just, just uh, you know, be out there and show people respect and stuff. So it's not just on the field. It's, it's through the whole community. We're trying to bring the whole community back uh, to, uh, you know, 10 years ago when Queen Anne's was at the top, um, you know, the whole town would shut down. And that's, that's what we're trying to get back to. Yeah. So doing some community service and, and helping uh, people out wherever they need help. Uh, I think that's a start to bring them back. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Coach, as you take a look at uh, the way the spring went, you guys really got better as, as it went on. And then, you know, beating North Carolina, the last team to have done it back in 2015, I believe it was at the time. Uh, certainly you got to feel good about the progress you guys made. And yeah, you start over in a way here in a couple of days. But um, that said, though, it's certainly a good step forward. Yeah, because uh, the, the kids we had, the players we had last year that uh, were on that team, uh, they've already – they already believe now, and that was the biggest thing was getting uh, the team to believe in uh, the coaching staff, the system. So with them already believing, we've, we're already halfway there. You know, um, 
So it was huge. It was huge. It was a big win for us. Now, when you took over, the offense roughly stayed the same, but the, but the defense changed right back to what you would run when you were there uh, prior. Is that correct? So I changed the defense, but uh, the offense I changed too. Actually, uh, okay. um, I, I figure if I'm going to if I'm gonna lose or win, I'm going to lose with my systems. So uh, I don't call the offense. It's my offensive playbook. Uh, but the offensive coaches do have full range during the games. Um, but I want them to run uh, what I know. Uh, that way, if I see something, I can help out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I try to let them do whatever they, you know, let them do them during the season. So. Yeah. Now, you talked about, I know with me several times, that you have so many people that are wanting to be a part of the program, to get involved in the program uh, from a coaching standpoint and all that as well, and, and reestablishing in the community. That's got to make you feel good with that. Only so many spots, but that's got to be pretty cool that you have that many people reaching out. Yeah, it is. Uh, unfortunately, we had two coaches that uh, – uh, couldn't coach this year due to other reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I picked three new coaches up. So <laughs> I still gained a coach from uh, last year's staff. So um, it, it's good. Um, I only have two coaches that are teachers. So they're all – other ones have, you know, normal jobs. So there's some days where a coach may not be able to make it. But when you have two two D-line coaches, it's okay. You know, and, and uh, as long as they're on, they're on the same page. And I would say 95% we are with the meetings and stuff. So – it's not a drop-off. That, that's huge. That's huge. Let me bring in the players. Uh, KJ, let me start with you, and then we'll get to Dylan. Uh, talk about your experience in the spring, not only with the new head coach, but also with dealing with a much different situation that you guys are normally uh, used to. It, it was pretty It was pretty tough because you never know what COVID could do. We had to sit out two weeks because we had an outbreak on the team. Uh, with a new coach, I've never had a coach like Coach out before. He's, he's, he's a different coach that I've ever had before. So, well, Talk to us about what do you mean by that specifically? Like mm-hmm. just his his whole mindset, have, having keeping players in line, all that stuff like that. Uh, in the weight room, he's engaged. He's engaged on the field, in the weight room, in our in our lives. Actually, he has a, we have a really good relationship right now. So that's that's he's just I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Well, I think you did a pretty good job right there. And, and Dylan, talk to us, uh, same question for you about your spring experience and uh, and your relationship with Coach Waters coming in. Sir, it was like any other thing I've ever experienced. It was pretty crazy with the whole COVID and never knowing what next week, next week brings. But Coach Al handled it pretty well. I was so happy that we actually got to play. And, and talk about what you guys learned from the experience because obviously it was a challenge, but what did you come away with that you might use – going forward not only for this season but outside of football from the uh, spring challenges of COVID? It kind of uh, gave us a sense of not knowing what's going to happen next, you know, which kind of kept us on our feet. And I think it's going to help us in life, and it was interesting. KJ, same question for you. You got to go hard every time you go out on the field because you never know when you could get cut off. It, it, could, it could get cut off at any point. You can't, you can't really be predictable. You got to always be on your toes at all times. Uh, Coach, as you come into uh, practice upcoming here, what, if anything, with Queen Anne's will be um, different than it was in the spring or things back to what they would have been or what they were, I should say, in 2019? Uh, I mean, yeah, we can, you know, we're allowed to use the weight room and, st- or weight room and the field house now, and, and uh, it, it's somewhat of a normal situation, I guess, at right now. <laughs> that could all change, when, you know, Wednesday, I don't know. But uh, so, so that's a plus. You know, I wouldn't say it's uh, 100% normal, but we're better off than what we were last, you know, in the spring or whatever. Yeah. In terms of the numbers, Coach, um, talk to us about what you have coming back uh, offensive and defensively roughly and then just your general numbers. Uh, Starter-wise, offensively, uh, 
we lost a lot. I think we only had like four returning starters, uh, maybe five on defense. Um, so, you know, definitely uh, numbers are down. Uh, or returning players are down. We're going to be very young. Uh, we're going to have probably three or four freshmen on varsity this year with uh, probably about seven sophomores. Uh, we only, I think we only had like five seniors in the whole class. So wow. that's huge. Um, yeah, um, so that's down. And then uh, overall numbers, we're probably only right around 60. Um, so, you know, we're going to pinpoint about 30 on uh, each team, hopefully. Um, obviously, you know, we're sitting good in the future because taking all those kids from JV, they're still sitting at 30 kids, you know. Um, and in our eighth grade class, seventh grade, sixth grade class are all a lot of numbers too. So mm -hmm. uh, hopefully this will be the last year where we're, we're sitting at 60. And I think years down the road, you know, we're going to hit 70 and eight back to the 80s. Yeah. You know, I don't think we'll ever hit to the 120s we had. <laughs> but uh, yeah. 80, would, 80 would be nice. Yeah. 80 would be nice. Yeah. Well, what does it mean for you to be able to come back and be now the head coach? I mean, you, you were part of as a player, as an, as an assistant coach for years. But for you to be able to come back and then be the head coach as well, well what does that mean for you personally? Uh, it means a lot. Uh, you know, um, I, w I was taught, uh, you know, whatever you do, you know, put 100% into it. So when I did coach, when I was assistant coach, I, I, I put a lot into it. Uh, you know, I've given up jobs, uh, uh, really good paying jobs to stay what I was doing so I was allowed to coach, you know, so I could coach. Um, I was probably a volunteer for my first 12 years. As a defense coordinator, I was still volunteering my time. So, um, but, you know, just doing 100%. So now that uh, it's my team, um, you know, I'm still obviously still putting 100% in, but uh, you know, I, I accountable for the coach or the players to do that also. So uh, I want them to do well, not just in high school, but whatever they do after they graduate. Uh, that, that's why I think I got a lot of kids or a lot of coaches that come back now that I've, you know, I think on my staff, six or seven of them that actually played for me. And now they, you know, the coach, so they know my style. Um, that which makes it great, uh, you know, get out of some bad habits that they had in the past and stuff. So, um, but it means a lot. I mean, it really means a lot. Uh, I get probably emails, texts, uh, Facebook, Twitter stuff every day just saying from people I graduate with, I, I, I didn't realize you were the head coach now. That's awesome, you mm -hmm. know, whatever, whatever. So uh, it makes fundraising a little easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coach, we'll come back to you for one final question. Dylan and, and KJ, just want to ask you about your, your personal goals and, and the team goals for this year, knowing that you do have a younger squad this year and uh, there may be a lot of learning on the fly and you've got North Carolina week one. Uh, but just uh, talk to us about the individual and team goals. Uh, the goal is always a win. Uh, we don't ever go. Good answer. <laughs> we don't ever go into a week thinking thinking that we're gonna lose. So yeah. anybody that steps on the field, they got they got beat us as just as much as we got beat them. So, like KJ said, I just want to win. And how Coach Al always says that he hates losing more than he likes winning. Got to play with that mindset, and hopefully for me in the next couple of years, I'll end up going and playing for college. That's the main goal. But just this season, play as best as we can as a team, especially since we're young. Get as many wins under the book as possible. Coach, I'd be remiss and we'll let you go if I didn't ask you about some of your years here at Cambridge where we're broadcasting from well, and what you took away from uh, it. Yeah, uh, I was only here, like I said, just two years, uh, both under Gavin Parker. Um, and, and I learned a lot from him. And then my first year, uh, Jake was still here helping out. So uh, there's there's things I do now um, that I learned from here, maybe two or three different things. Um, you know, the biggest thing is uh, the fundraise. I think. Uh, Coach Coleman could probably sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> um, 
uh, so so that helps with the fundraising. And then, um, you know, Gavin really took care of his uh, volunteer coaches, uh, his assistants and stuff. And, and uh, that shows a lot. A free T-shirt every now and then goes a big way. You know, yeah. the, the assistants aren't out there to uh, to make money, you know, but you show them a little bit of uh, – uh, gratitude it goes a long way. So those those things right there, I, I try to do a lot with my assistant coaches and stuff. Um, and I think that's why they stick around. I am because I am hard on them. Um, but uh, that's probably what I learned the most. Um, and um, you know, here uh, a lot of coaches or a lot of the players, single home families, and some of them had to work and stuff. And uh, going back to Queen Anne's, uh, the ones there now just be a little more lenient and, and understand the situation a little bit better. You know, everybody's got to be treated differently. Yeah. Um, so. Those three things are probably the biggest I learned. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Al Waters, Dylan Meekins, KJ Smothers, Queen Anne's County Lions. Guys, thanks so much for coming out. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you down the line week one. All right. It's thank our game of the week. Uh, Appreciate awesome. it. Thank you very much. It's a timeout podcast here. Overtime Live uh, this week uh, is our uh, focus here of the Bayside Media Day. It's all presented by our friends at Preston Automotive Group. And we'll have more coming your way next. This portion of the Timeout with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. All right, the Time Out podcast on location at Cambridge South Dorchester High School continues here. It's our first Shore Sports Bayside Media Day, one of many, many to come over the years, and we're really happy that we had such a great turnout here uh, this morning, just days before uh, summer practice begins, and we can already feel it. I think these guys got a bit of heat acclimation already uh, as we were getting set up this morning. But uh, Coach Jackson is uh, joining us from Colonel first up. And, uh, Coach, I appreciate your time. You know, I talked with you last year and always appreciated your candidness uh, about to, you know, take it over the program and the season where you guys are from. But again, last year um, or last season, I should say, with the spring, you guys have built something over the last couple of years, and and that continued despite the odds that you guys faced. No. Yes, uh, yeah. yes, I'm trying to continue the same success that Coach Magnum had. Um, so we we built on that a le- little bit last year. I'm just trying to continue it this fall. What what has been the success or what's been the foundation or the backbone of being able to make it a successful run the way you guys have had? Because for a while, unfortunately, the program was on hard times. So you guys have really uplifted it the last five years or so. Uh, we started making the players hold themselves accountable. Um, it wasn't about uh, you can't put a loss on a coach no more. Like we set you guys up to win each game. Um, now you got to hold yourself accountable. Did you come to practice uh, four days out of the five? Um, did you do what you need to do in the classroom? Um, so it's all about accountability now. And, Coach, excuse me, as you come into this uh, summer season, what, if anything, or let me go back to the spring, what, if anything, um, schematically changed or just as the program was being run changed with you putting your thumbprint on it? Or did you guys keep a pretty much status quo? Pretty much status quo. I mean, look, uh, you go back and you look at our numbers with uh, Coach Mangum. We were still putting up 36 points a game. Um, Our defense was holding opponents to, like, 20 points a game. So, I mean, it wasn't much change we needed to do. We just need to work on getting numbers, getting more kids to come out and buy into the program so we're able to um, get kids off the field. Like, it's hard playing. 11 guys on both sides of the ball or playing eight guys on both sides of the ball and then not players not getting a break. 
and then you're playing, you're facing teams who are subbing in 11, subbing out 11. So it's just trying to get the numbers up. And coach, uh, talk to us about your numbers uh, for this coming fall. Uh, I think senior-wise, I'm going to have like 10 seniors coming back. Um, but my junior class and sophomore class will be hurting for numbers. Um, but my freshman class, working in summer conditioning this uh, over the summer, um, I had 18 freshmen come out for um, summer conditioning. So if all those guys come out and they stay, if I can get at least 15, uh, 15 of those guys to stay for four years, that right there is building the program and just keep building that. But um, sophomore, and my sophomore and junior class, I mean, I think I got six returning sophomore. I mean, six returning juniors and four returning sophomores. So it's going to be hard over the next couple of years with number-wise there. Let me bring in the players. Uh, we'll start with Cam Erickson. Cam, talk to us about your spring experience and what you learned, what you took away from it that you think may make you better as you go into this season and beyond, Colonel. Um, I just feel like from the season last year, I feel like what I took a lot was like from the seniors because like I saw how coming into my senior year, I see how they took their senior year and knowing that that was their last like when they stepped on the field for the last time, knowing that was their last time stepping on a football field, but how they put it out there. And I feel like just me as a person in the whole senior class, even the underclassmen are going to take that in and bring that into this season. And I feel like that's pretty much what took, I took out last year to become a better player and spread it beyond high school because I feel like that just that drive in the last your last senior game just shows you that you love the game and you want to keep going. Ask the same question of you, Zach. Um, last year, I just I learned a lot when it came to quarterback because I was on JV for my freshman and sophomore year, and I would like JV was it was not the same as varsity. Like I uh, I didn't get as many reps and I didn't see as many situations. So last year just helped me overcome a lot of stuff that I needed to learn to be better. Did you find it, and I'll ask the same question of you, Cameron, uh, did you find that uh, your love of football really had to come out strong given all the challenges you guys had to just get on the field and the protocols and all the different things that, you know, you better love what you're doing or else uh, it's going to be tough to find yourself getting out there, getting the motivation to get out there every day? Yeah, it was uh, it was good to be able to get out there with all the stuff going on, and I was happy that we had a season because I didn't really want to miss a season of one that I'll never get back. So I was glad to get out there. Cam, that's the same with you. Uh, yeah, I just feel like, I mean, everybody came out there, and I feel like that just their drive like kicked in because, I mean, anybody can agree, nobody was in their best shape of their life last year <laughs> when they came into that season. So, I mean, it was just everybody had to come out there no matter what shape their body was in to come out there and perform. And I feel like everybody did a good job. I mean, we didn't have nobody last year that really, like, was lazy because of COVID. I never really heard a, well, I haven't been doing anything all season excuse. Everybody went out there and tried their best and gave everything they got. Coach, uh, let me ask you uh, this fall, what, what are expectations, reasonable expectations? What are, what are the goals of the team for this coming season? I think one of our biggest goals is to get back to the playoffs and uh, – win a playoff game, I think, uh, would probably be best. Uh, I don't think I don't think Colonel has a playoff win in the history of the school. So getting that first playoff win would be big for us. Um, we've been there, but we haven't gotten that win yet. Well, not in recent memory. In the 90s, you got you got a couple of titles there, so you're good there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, um, but in recent memory, so it, and, and 
having that uh, home game as well with that. Yeah, um, that's a big. That's another goal for us to have a home playoff game. I mean, we played one a couple years ago. Um, Dan's last season, mm-hmm. um, we got to play Faustin, which was a back and forth game. We just ran out of gas at the end. So hopefully this year we can get there another home playoff game and get a win. Yeah, uh, Coach. Uh, final question for you: Do you feel that, uh, given the fact that I know Colonel's got a good baseball uh, tradition there as well, but with the fact that you guys have been get, able to get this thing back on a winning track, um, has the school, has the community rallied around, or is that still something that you're finding that we still have to get out there and try to get more people uh, involved and supporting? I mean, I think the community rallies around us enough, but it's just like trying to get the kids in general to come out and buy into your program has been the hardest part. And I think this year with the freshman class coming in, a lot of them guys are buying into the program because I'm, I've seen a few of them that said they've never played football, but they want to try it. They want to witness their experience and see it's good. what it's like. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think getting the kids to buy in is starting to happen more. Um, just trying to get, like I said before, the underclassmen to buy in and come out and get over that hump of uh, – they saying the program is not where they want it to be, but it's not going to be where you want it to be until you get other kids to come up. Sure. Coach James Jackson, also Cameron Erickson, Zachary Robbins. Guys, thank you so much for coming out. I appreciate it. You're Best welcome. wishes on this season. Thank you. All right. The Time Out podcast continues here on Bayside Media Day as we're on location at Cambridge South Dorchester. And this is all presented by the Preston Automotive Group, our uh, special overtime live edition of uh, this week's uh, podcast here with summer practice right around the corner. And we'll have more coming your way next. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. All right, our Time Out podcast continues here, special overtime live edition as uh, we are at Bayside Media Day, the first that we're hosting here at Shore Sports, one of many to come that we're really excited about here. And we're doing this at Cambridge South Dorchester, a, a middle point as best we can for both the Bayside North and the Bayside South, even though I guess that's a term nobody uses anymore except for us, but the uh, the 3A, 2A, and 1As, but uh, we're glad to have most programs uh, out with us uh, today, and we're joined right now uh, by Kent Island uh, head coach uh, Damian Ferragamo, along with three of his players that we'll get to coming up. And Coach, thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Good to, good to have you back. Oh, it's, it's good to be here, man. We always appreciate your coverage, the best coverage in the state. Oh, appreciate that very much. And, you know, as you take a look at uh, this past spring season, talk to us about how, your approach, what was the philosophy of how you were going to handle the spring and then how that parlays itself into the fall now? Uh, well, the only way we know how to approach everything is, is we're trying to prepare to win every game we play. Um, I, I think that's important. I don't think there's, you know, unless there was like a true spring ball situation, which it wasn't, there were competitive, you know, there were competitive games. The only way to go about it is to prepare to win every game. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of a strange situation. It feels like it's almost like one long season right now because we just mm-hmm. ended not not too long ago. Um, but we're just happy that, that and hopeful that we're going to have a, a, a normal fall season. Yeah, I mean, as we do this, we still don't know that 110% ourselves, but we're, we're certainly hoping here and we'll adjust on the flies. I know that's what you guys do, but that's something that you have to instill in your kids as well. To you got to be flexible and learn that you know, things could be – one uh, one way one day, another another way another day. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, and that's something we, we've stressed as a program even before um, the pandemic is, 
things aren't always going to be perfect. We've got to make the best best of whatever situation we find ourselves in and, and get better every opportunity we get. Coach, let's talk about on the field. Uh, talk to us about what you felt you guys did well, uh, what you need to work on going into this fall. Well, last year I, I, I felt we did a good job adjusting to our circumstances. We, we didn't have one week last, last spring that, that wasn't – affected by the circumstances that, that you know the whole world found themselves in so I think we did a good job of of adapting to that um, adapting what we were doing to our personnel um, and I think what we need to do to continue to um, kind of move in the right direction is kind of work work our system with the players we have I think we have we have a, a good group of kids we have a, um, a lot of talent there so we just have to make sure as coaches we're putting them in the position to be successful all right, let's bring in some of the players right now. We'll start with David Van Wee. And, David, uh, give your position and then talk to us about your spring experience and what you took away from it. Uh, I play defensive tackle. Uh, over the spring, I mean, season was definitely a lot shorter. But, you know, we had to make the most of it while we could. Really just uh, grateful to be able to play at all, really. So it was a lot of – I entered it really grateful and uh, happy just to be able to play at all and really excited. We've got uh, Ryan Swider. Ryan, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I play running back, and uh, my spring experience was pretty short-lived after an injury the first game, so I really didn't get my, much time to play on the field. But going through practices and getting ready to prepare for it was was pretty fun and good to be out there. Luke Ferragamo's up. My spring experience was it was definitely the most fun year I've ever had playing football really now that's interesting not everybody would say that so why, why do you feel that way um i don't know i think just my second year on varsity and that just playing with all my friends really yeah having that having that experience yeah. yeah well and it, hopefully it'll be heightened even more with uh with crowds and i guess that's a another thing that's going to be a change that coach um depending on the counties and such uh, had some fans but not not many in some cases none at all yeah so. at, at the end of the season um, I believe our game against Queen Anne's, there were the, the restrictions had, had loosened quite a bit, and we and we had some fans there, which was great to see. Um, but honestly, on a, on a day-to-day basis, or even a game-to-game basis, I really don't notice notice them too much, other than like pre-game because you get so focused sure. on what you're doing. But I'm a big believer in in the Friday Night Lights experience, not just for the football players, but for the band and the cheerleaders and the dancers and the student body and the community as a whole. Um, it, it's it's we live in a great place on Ken Island, and we really get a lot of support. And it's great seeing those people come out and support our guys. We'll go back around it, and Luke, we'll start with you again uh, in terms of um, staying together, keeping in communication. Uh, how did you guys do that? What was the mode of uh, of usage? Was it text? Was it Zoom? How did you guys all stay together um, so that you're kind of keeping everybody accountable or each other accountable? I should say. Uh, we communicate using Huddle pretty much. Does giving us updates on practices and what you should be doing if practice gets canceled. Yeah. But in terms of between your teammates as well, were you reaching out to a lot of guys? Were you texting guys, calling guys, Zooming with guys? Or how did you guys go about that? Uh, yeah, someone got sick. You know, we made sure to cheer him up because it really does suck when your team is playing and you're stuck at home. Ryan, let me go back to you. You talked about the fact that you know you only had one game and it was a shortened season, a challenging one at that. So I guess coming in um, this season means maybe even more to you than it might normally. Uh. Yeah, a lot of my teammates were there for me. Like when I got hurt and everything, everyone like came together and it was nice. So this season with everyone being there and just like everyone 
just getting to play this last season with my friends is going to look really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, David, I'll bring you in. Um, you know, Kent Island, one of those programs that's been a gold standard in the Bayside for a long time. And as Coach talks about, the goal, hey, is always to win no matter the circumstances with that. Um, but talk to us about, you know, your individual goals coming up uh, for this coming uh, fall season. Well, I'd definitely like to uh, make first team, you know, definitely improve as a player, really like just show everyone what I can do out there and just be the best I can. Yeah, how's the um, how's the support for the uh, the the fan base? Uh, have they been staying in touch with you guys as best as possible with uh, everything, even though they couldn't necessarily come out to support you? Yeah, def- I definitely talk to a lot of people. They're definitely still excited about football, watching us play, and all that. And it'll definitely be a lot better and different this year. Yeah. Coach, for you and, and, and your staff, how, what's your message to them as you go forward in, into this fall? Gosh, it, it's it's funny because. It's it's hard to give a message because you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, like I was I was real excited. We we had like fairly a fairly normal summer. Mm-hmm. Kind of looked like summers of the past. Um, but then as you watch the news, there's things happening. So you you hate to make anything concrete right now. So you know everything everything on the practice plans written in pencil because it can change at any time. So uh, we just need to be prepared for that as as coaches and as players. And um, I'm just praying that, that these young men get to get to have the experience they deserve, not only at Kent Island but across the Bayside and the state. As of now, is everything back to a 2019 scenario in terms of practice and and what you guys will be doing day in day out? Yes, I mean th- there'll be like little little subtle differences about like how we get water. You know, there may be some some mask wearing that we, that we haven't gotten like concrete um, answers right now. Right. Um, and like I said, we, we just have to take them as they come to us. You know, we, we've had we had situations last year where we were told when we were going to play, I believe it was Easton, that we'd have to wear a mask while we played. Mm-hmm. On Thursday, we found out we didn't, and that could be the exact opposite scenario too. So, so you know, you just gotta you take it for what it is. You know, be thankful for the for the time we have out there and and just adapt. Yeah. How do you think your team responded? Uh, do you think that they handled it in stride of being kids? Maybe it wasn't as big a deal to them as maybe as adults make it. Or do you, did you see, could you sense that uh, it impacted them in certain ways? Well, after hearing Luke say it was, it was, it was a fun season for them, I was a little surprised. They probably don't stress about it as much as we do as adults. Yeah. Um, it, it was one of the more stressful seasons, even though it was, it was a shortened season. Just because as, as coaches, I'm sure all, all, all the gentlemen here who are coaches, you know, we like to know what's going on. We like to plan. Like, we, we, we thrive on, on writing stuff down and making lists and having plans. And those things changed very, very quickly. And it was very nerve-wracking for me. Yeah. Well, Coach, thanks for coming out. All you guys, thanks for coming out. We appreciate it. Best wishes uh, this uh, coming fall, and we're we're uh, hoping for nine games. Absolutely. So that's that, that's the first things first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Looking forward to talking to you on Friday nights. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. That's Ken Island, uh, Buccaneers head coach uh, Davia Ferragamo joining us along with three of his players here. So it's the timeout podcast that we do here for Shore Sports MD, but this is an overtime live flavor with our Bayside Media Day here, at least for this segment, as we're talking to uh, the various head coaches of the football programs and some of the players that they brought with them as well on this Bayside Media Day. It's all presented by the Preston Automotive Group. More to come next. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. 
All right, the timeout podcast continues here. It is uh, overtime live flavor here because we're uh, here at our first media day that we're hosting, SureSportsMB.com, our newest venture here, which we're excited about. And we're excited about the fact that we have a lot of great programs show up uh, for us here today, one of hopefully many. We're at Cambridge South Dorchester, a, a middling point between the uh, Bayside North and Bayside South teams. We're joined here uh, by the tribe. And we've got a huge tribe in front of me here. Now, this is a football team. we got the Wicomico Indians uh, joining us here. And uh, we're going to get to Coach Taylor here coming up uh but uh, let me start um lenny cox we'll start with you as we just go left to right uh as you look ahead to this fall season you're expecting hopefully it to be somewhat back to normal for you guys but you guys ended up having a really good spring uh yeah for sure we had a real good spring uh we went four and two we got we got cut out of one of our games we should have went five and one but covid but it's all right we got we got this season to come back prove ourselves once again that we're ready to compete at the top. Let me go down the line. Uh, you know, BJ, when I think about last year, last season, I should say, with uh, Wicomico, I think a, a, a physical football team. Um, talk to us about what you guys as a program want to be known for. Um, yeah, you hit it right on the nail. That's what we want to be known for. We always talk about being physical, being downhill, and coming straight at you from the gate. That's how, that's how we play. That's how we – that's how we want to attack every game from defense, from offense. Everything's mental. If you come down and strike hard, they might fold. That's how we look at it. Malachi, talk to us about what you learned the most from your spring experience, what you'll take into the fall. I think just the team camaraderie. I mean, we all we all had to push through a, a, a rough time, uh, not knowing what, what the season was going to entail. Um, so I think we're all just kind of ready to just get after it this season and, and go to work. Yeah. Jason, talk to us about uh, your experience, Coach Taylor, here, and what you guys are, are starting to build here once again at Wicomico. Um, so, basically, we just want something that the future generations of next year to look back on and be like, they can they can do what we did this year, hopefully what we can do this year, and just they can build off what we build this year Yeah. And what we start. Let me go back around in terms of uh, workouts during the summer. You guys feel uh, you feel good about yeah anybody you did take up you feel good about you know the team camaraderie and how you guys worked out during the summer and leading into this uh, well summer practice here in a couple of days. Uh, our foot never left the gas. Honestly, the other teams they might have lacked a little bit, but not us. We we kept we kept it on, and we're gonna keep it on until December. BJ, I'll have you pick that up. So when spring spring ended, sounds like you guys just went right back to the weight room, to running, to seven on sevens, and, and you want to, you want to keep that momentum going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know we never wanted to slow down. We uh, we got we had some of our skilled players running track, getting their legs right, and then when everybody else be back in the weight room grinding, getting back to it, getting bigger, faster, stronger for this upcoming season, so we have another advantage. In terms of uh, goals. Talk to us about your goals and, and what order are they in? Because we know we got the Bayside, but we know there's the Salisbury City Championship. We know there's playoffs and maybe a home game. So talk to us about the order of goals that Wicomico has. Uh, we've all got the same one goal, and that's that's go play at uh, Navy Memorial Stadium. Um, everything else is, is great. Uh, we'd love to have all of that uh, city championship, all of it, but – we're all set on one goal and one goal only, and that's that's kind of where our, our minds are set right now. All right. Jason, I'll have you pick up on that, and then we'll bring Coach Taylor in. Yeah, um, I'll probably say city champs, Bayside, playoffs, then state. I mean, city champs and all that, it's, that's grand and all that, but you, you're not really going to be remembered as a great football team by just winning city champs, you know, so 
Yeah, just yeah. going to the state. And you got to go through that in order to get to the state. So, absolutely, yeah, I'm yeah, on the way. It is important, yeah. That's right. All right, so Coach Taylor is joining us now. Coach, you brought you brought out almost the entire tribe today for me today. We appreciate it, though. Appreciate all you guys coming out. And uh, good to have you. Good to – hopefully we're going to have uh, what we hope is a nine-game season. And uh, we'll, we'll start there first. Yeah, the goal is to win. But let's start with a nine-game season. But um, good to have you back. And um, talk to us about – what you felt good about, what you guys really did well in the spring, what you guys may need to work on as you head into this uh, fall campaign. Uh, absolutely. I think that big thing we wanted to address was our discipline. Um, you know, I know me and you've talked about in the past over conversation, and um, one thing that this program has lacked from the outside looking in, even my first year, was, was discipline. You know, we would lose games because of penalties, uh, lose games because of – you know, blown assignments, um, you know, most of the time our talent can, can match up, but mm -hmm. it's been because of discipline. So that was the biggest thing. I was proud to see that our discipline improved. We were far less penalized than we, we have been in the past. Um, so that was huge. I think we developed an identity up front, which is where we wanted to, bringing back Coach Kevin Collinson, a longtime O-line coach at Waha, offensive coordinator at Waha, came back, and he, he played a major role in helping us in the run game. Um, so, and just some things we got to work on is one thing we want to become is more versatile offensively, you know, being able to um, throw the ball a little bit better. I think we really stuck to the run, and, and which is great. That's where we want to build from. Um, but that's one area we want to get better in. Um, and we, we just want to get better defensively. Um, I know Coach McMurdo would agree with me where, you know, uh, we, we want to be close to perfect on defense and give up the least amount of first downs as possible. Well, in looking at the guys we're going to interview next, it was a great matchup and contrasting styles to see you guys in Decatur, but then you guys on Parkside, both birds of the same feather in Salisbury. But it's great to see that, though. But as you talk about building your program, Parkside's been consistent, Decatur's coming back. This is good because we know that there have been a lot of good teams in the north, but now we, we want more south teams to just have the overall balance of the league that will make you guys better, the, the whole conference better. So this is good. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about this year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's one there's one easy game on the schedule. Uh, this is a great conference, a lot of great teams with different styles of play. You know, more teams, you know, Coach Coleman and those guys at Decatur have definitely brought in a more of a pass-heavy approach. Um, the other guys up in Easton doing the same. And, mm -hmm. and then you got those teams that are still old school and they stick to the run wing team like Coach McCormick at North Carolina and, um, you know, Riley over there at Parkside. So, no, it's, it's, been, it's been great to – you know, compete in the baseline and improve, improve as a program. Coach, you've been at the collegiate ranks. You're at the high school ranks. Do you feel that you've really settled in? Is this maybe the most comfortable you've been? I know there were challenges that all the coaches had to deal with, but just in terms of leading the program, do you feel at this point you're kind of really entrenched now and you maybe feel more comfortable than you did a couple of years ago? Yeah, I just got done talking about that. I mean, I would certainly say we haven't arrived, and I try to I'm gonna talk about it with these guys later about leadership and uh, making sure that we don't get ahead of ourselves and thinking that we've arrived uh, by no means. But I think now that we have established culture in the program, it does make, you know, first two years, um, you know, we were working, especially the first year, working extremely hard just to establish culture. We sure. weren't even overly worried about the results of the game, we just had to make sure that guys understood what they were expected of. So, yeah, I would say from a perspective of culture being established, absolutely, but um, just maintaining that 
that eye of the tiger is something we want to, we want to keep. Coach, as we wind things down, um, talk to us about your numbers um, and uh, what you'll have into the fall, both varsity and JV, and then your uh, your reasonable expectations for this fall for this group. Oh uh, yeah, we got our numbers back up. I think, man, we were we were playing with low twenties, you know, uh, very low twenties in the season. You know, guys were playing not coming off the field. Um, so I think we've addressed that and getting some guys back, reclaiming some guys, getting some new guys involved. Um, I've never seen this many offensive linemen, freshmen we've gotten. We've gotten like 15 big guys. Mm. Um, so, you know, in, in this past week we've gone out and found some skills. So I think our JV numbers, we'll get them around 20-something. And um, varsity, hopefully we can be around 40, which will be which will be solid for us. Two years ago, we're, our numbers were extremely high. I think we had 47 on varsity and 30 three on JV oh, um, so that was great if we can get close to that um, we'll be happy but like I said we, we got done playing with low 20s so uh, I think we have a different mindset in regards to being too concerned with numbers as opposed to quality of guys that we have reasonable expectations for 2021 fall campaign uh, one game at a time you know I, I think that we would be fooling ourselves to say that we don't want to win every single game that's how we prepare um, but I think great teams um, they have that goal in mind, saying, Coach, we want to be the best. But they know how to harness that that uh, tunnel vision and the focusing on one game at a time. I think, you know, we do everything, you know, in 14s because we want to play 14 games. Um, so that's instilled. But at the same time, we, uh, we make sure we don't lose sight. The only game that matters right now is Washington High School week one. And that's week one matchup. Coach, thanks so much. Guys, thanks so much. Lennon, BJ, Norwood, Malachi, Jason, thanks so much. Best wishes this fall. And Coach, we'll talk on Friday yeah, nights. Appreciate you. it. Thank More of the Time Out podcast continues here, presented by the Preston Automotive Group as we continue on in this Bayside Conference Media Day. I want to take a moment to tell you about Hook Optic Sunglasses. They offer vision without limits using the latest technology in their Thermoforce polarized triple threat lenses. They repel sweat, water, oil, dirt, and sunscreen. Plus, they're scratch and smudge resistant. I used to wear those other popular brands, but I've switched to Hook because of the look, the feel, the quality, and the price. Stop by an optical galleria in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, West Water Street in downtown Centerville, or on Harrison Street in Easton to try on a pair, or go to hookoptics.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, our timeout podcast continues here as it's Bayside Media Day, our first hosted by ShoresportsMD.com. Really excited about this as we go forward here with this newest venture. And this is an overtime live flair for these segments that we're doing because we've got the high school football teams coming in. And uh, joining us uh, is uh, Steve Decatur and the Seahawks, led by head coach Jake Coleman. And we've got uh, several players with him as well that we'll get to coming up. Coach, good to see you. Of course, we did a podcast just recently with you, a two-parter at that. We had a great time with it, but good to good to have you back here and a place that you're somewhat familiar with I think yeah yeah I've, I've been here a couple of times yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so coaches as um I think my ghost will probably walk these grounds too yeah <laughs> probably so well it's like the pro football hall of fame that they talk about those statues playing when yeah. the lights are when their lights are off which is really cool but uh, coaches as you take a look at what you were able to accomplish in the spring as you now spring forward to what hopefully will be a, a normal nine game fall season talk to us about what you felt you were really able to accomplish as your first year's head coach it's so, so weird you say normal nine game season because yeah. like why are we playing 10 games is anybody like this makes no I, sense i'd love more i'd love to get back to the 10 we can do one more week can't yeah. we during the postseason we, we need to yeah. do another week yeah. um 
No, it, it's 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 a great opportunity. Uh, it's certainly surreal uh, to have uh, seasons so close to each other. I feel like yeah. we just got done. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think uh, the way that we rotated guys last year. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to have JV football. I think we're positioned, uh, you know, in, in, in a good place uh, leading into this back-to-back -back season. We had a lot of underclassmen uh, on the roster last year. So, uh, you know, we should be able to bring back some experience. We also had the injury bug last year. I mean, it was crazy. And so we have a couple guys that are returning, uh, like Marquis Henry, uh, that we're excited about. We're just going to tell everybody he transferred here from St. Francis. What do you think about that? <laughs> and and so we'll tell everybody he came from another school. But, uh, you know, we're excited to have guys like that back and, uh, you know, just looking forward to the year. Uh, Coach, when you came in, you know, in terms of changing things up, obviously we saw a passing game that we're not used to seeing. You know, Easton did uh, bring that out. But in terms of the South, we hadn't seen that or for Decatur in a while. It had been, geez, uh, probably over 15 years since we saw the kind of spread attack. So talk to us about you bringing that into this program and all that goes along with having to kind of transform things. Well, you know, we threw the ball a bunch uh, when I was here at Cambridge back in, I think, 08. And uh, we did it for a few years. And, you know, you can't throw the ball if you don't have uh, the ability to, to throw and catch. Mm -hmm. uh, and fortunately here at Decatur, uh, we have that uh, with Ashen and we have that with our skilled players. And, you know, we're fortunate to have the state leader and receptions and Zamir Handy. And he really – he flourished in that system and, uh, you know, getting the ball to his hands. And then the other thing, you know, with the air raid attack – you know, we have a lot of option routes, you know, so depending upon coverage, our guys will switch their routes up right. here and there. And, uh, you know, what I found is our kids are very, very smart. We can throw a lot at them and, uh, and kind of give them something that's a little bit complex. Try to make, try to make the complex simple. Uh, and they've been able to handle that, and it's been a challenge to coach them every single day because it's like, hey, coach, we got that. We got it. Like, we're good. And so, uh, you know, we're able to kind of move on to the next thing. And uh, so it's, made, it's, it's been an interesting transition, to say the least. Uh, been very, very surprised. Uh, you know, nobody told me when I was going to Decatur just how smart uh, these kids are and their ability to adjust and adapt. And, and so it's, it's been awesome. And you guys were one of the few teams to get all your games in uh, this past spring, which is a huge accomplishment for sure in Snow Hill as well. And you certainly tip your cap uh, to Worcester County, what you guys were able to do there. Coach, I'm curious with the community, given the COVID situation and, and the lack of being able to have too many fans and all that, do you think, though, that they still noticed what you guys were able to do and what you're starting to build, or do you think it's going to take a more normal fall in, in order for that to happen? Well, you know, it pushed us into this new paradigm with the live streaming, and, and you certainly benefit from that so yeah, uh, yeah you know people were able to see our style of play yeah and you know there's also a few bars and restaurants in town that started to post up our live stream yeah. uh you know they got 35 tv so they'd have one of them in decatur football and it was funny because people were like hey that's not decatur that's you know they they would think that we, right. we were a collegiate team yeah. in the some of the stuff that we were doing and and then obviously the turf field and and so on and so forth but uh yeah it, it, it was awesome. Uh, we're going to continue to build that. You know, we're excited to see the student body. Um, you know, our first home game is actually against James and Bennett before school starts, which is a little bit disappointing. And the other thing is we only have four home games this year, so the, you know, out of nine. So the deck, with having that first game before school starts, yeah. we're like, ah, you know, we want, we want this student body to get excited. And, uh, you know, so these are a couple of the challenges that we have. And uh, But – 
hopefully uh, – You'll you get know. a big bus together, Coach, and they'll go on the road. you get the road crew going. Yeah, you know, yeah. Get them a nickname or something yeah. and some T-shirts. we got the, the road warriors, uh, yeah, you know, the yeah. road dogs and yeah. stuff. So, we'll, yeah. you know, we're definitely going to be – you know, we're going to be taking this show on the road. So, yeah. uh, so we'll, we're coming <laughs> to, a, a, you know, a stadium near you. Yeah. Well, let's go around with the players and we'll start uh, Zamir first. I mean, look, despite the challenges, though, you've got to be excited to see how things are coming together with the program. And, you know, as Coach just mentioned, I mean, you see not only with the, the stadium – recently renovated, but the practice fields and so on and so forth, and then the offense that you get to play in. Boy, really exciting time. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been very excited for it. It's a new experience for everybody, and I think it's like a big upgrade from the field, practice field, and new offense. He's heard I love to uh, love to get the ball into everybody's hands, the playmakers, and it's weekend, that's easier with like passing offense. Well, and I'm, I'm sure in terms of the buy-in that it's easier to buy into something like that because it's an exciting brand of football you play. Yeah, um, it's very exciting, yeah. Uh, we'll switch it over to, to Ashton. Ashton, seeing you go from, you know, sophomore year to junior year and just and even from freshman, quite a transformation with things. Talk to us about your experience here over the last year and how you've developed as a quarterback and in a new system as well. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, I really wasn't that good freshman and sophomore year, but I – I know. I, th I I went to QB Factory. I trained with them for a while, and you know, I got stronger. I changed my body, and I think and I improved a lot. And I, it's a testament to everyone around me, and a testament to my receivers and my offensive line how much how much I've I've improved. And I think that it's um it's more of a testament to all the people that have helped me. And it's really not like I I th I, I know that I put in the time. But I also know that a lot of other people have put in a lot of time for me, and I and I really am grateful for that because it's made me into the the quarterback I am, the person I am, and it's given me a lot of opportunities for the future. We'll pass it on down to uh, to Marquis. Talk to us about um, the upcoming fall for you and what you're most excited about, and, and some of your individual goals. I know the team goal obviously is to to win, but uh, talk to us about your upcoming fall. Well, I put hard work in the off season, try to get better. And from my injury, uh, just pushing to be better. And, yeah, I'm so excited for the new season. Do you, do you feel a sense of uh, energy that maybe wasn't there before that you guys have now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, pa we'll, we'll pass. Uh, Marquis, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I'm going to speak, you know, Marquis speak. <laughs> Yeah, no, he he's nervous around the mic. You know, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> you did a good job. Well, coach, and, and talk to us about as well. I mean, with all the things going on, it, it starts too with having support at the top, but also a good staff. And from top to bottom, you guys you guys have that there. Yeah, you yeah. know, we were lucky. Uh, you know, our superintendent Lou Taylor. You know, he he's you know he wants to be the best in every single aspect of the public school system in Worcester County. So. Uh, you know, he's doing his very, very best to, to support us and, and help us build uh, what we're trying to build here. And, and so we're very, very blessed to have that. And, you know, we've been able to go out and hire some, some really good coaches. And, and uh, you know, we're excited about those guys. And, and then the players, I, I think that Decatur has always been a, uh, you know, just a gem. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, we're, we're definitely, uh, you know, going to create a place uh, where people want to come to and they want to be a part of it. And that's really going. And, you know, for a while their kids were leaving and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, that, that's that's the goal. And so we're excited. But, you know, we've had tremendous support. Um, you know, we've been able to, like Ash and Sid, uh, you know, put that new turf field in. We've been able to now build a new practice field, Bermuda grass, making it safer. And, 
and hopefully that's done here in September and we've been able to upgrade the equipment and you know we're going to look to start taking our sights towards the uh, the weight room and so on and so forth so uh, but it, it's been exciting and and Decatur is a, is a great place to be and uh, you know so any any of those great assistant football coaches out there who get frustrated with some of these other coaches you know, you, you can come on over with me. Yeah. So, sorry for the sneeze there. But you're right. but in a way, surprisingly, some, uh, you know, un- untapped potential that, uh, that you're tapping into, and I think in all different areas there with the, uh, with the program. Yeah, uh, yeah, no question about it. No question about it. And I think it's always been here. And uh, so, you know, we're just excited. Um, you know, when I first got here, I think I told you, people were like, hey, you don't want to go there. Those kids are soft. Those kids are beach boys. They don't want to win. And. And I'm like, okay, we'll hold that thought, you know. So, uh, you know, we're, we're trying, you know, the expectations were a little bit low when we first got here. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to try to exceed them and really blow it out of the water here. Let me go back and get you guys as we start to wrap the, wrap things up. You know, we saw uh, a pretty explosive offense most of the year. But talk to us about where's the potential? Where, I mean, how high can this uh, offense go? How good can it get? I think it can go very high. I don't think we're all the way even there yet, and I think we've shown a lot overall everywhere. And I think there's a lot of – we still have new formations, new plays, everything like that. I can help skyrocket the offense on the team. Yeah, Ashton. I mean, obviously, you're the you're the leader on that side of the ball there. So, um, what you guys were able to start with and accomplish uh, had to be exciting. But obviously, as, as Amir talked about, you guys have uh, even more that you can accomplish. Yeah, you know, I think looking back on when I watch when I watch film on our pre on our early games and even some of our late games, I think we we're we could have we could have been better. And I and that, just looking back on how the offense is supposed to be run and like the principles and all of that. And I think that with all this time that we've had to improve, I think it's going to turn into a whole new offense while being, while being the same offense. It's the same offense technically, but I think we're just going to be so much more refined, so much better. Than I, and I think it's going to really come as a shocker because we're, I think we're going to be as sharp as, we've, as we can be, and I, that's all we can ask for right now. And I have to assume that that matchup that you had against Easton in the spring, you had to be fired up about that matchup against Ryan O'Connor. What I mean, what a great display of athleticism in that game. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was a fun game. I wish it would have turned out differently for us, but you know, it's how it's how it goes. You know, we, we you live, you learn, and it's just how it's just how it is. You know, we I thought we could have played better, and we that's that's why we lost. So we just have to play better. I think it's also a testament to. How, how good that Easton team was. You know, they played a good game, and credit to them. Uh, we didn't play well enough, and that's why we're working so hard. And we're, we're, we'll, be ready, we'll be ready for Bennett week one, and then we'll just see, see how, how it falls after that. Coach, as we, as we wrap things up, the quick, the quick turnaround, I've got to think in some ways is a good thing, though, in terms of coming in, getting something established with what you want to do offensively and defensively, and then be able to quickly build on that and turn around this coming fall. It can be. It can be. I, you know, a lot of people are telling me that. Uh, but, you know, I, again, we just want to focus on uh, the first practice and, and, and making sure that we can maximize everything. Uh, but, I, you know, I do agree with uh, what Ashton and Zamir were saying. I do think that, you know, this offense has a whole other level that uh, we can get to. And, and uh, it, it, could be, it could be something special. Um, I think last year we, sh- we kind of showed glimpses of what we could be. Uh, we obviously have to go out this year. We gotta, we gotta be a better and more consistent running team, and uh, and then I think uh, we gotta start to to start getting to the the middle to back pages of the playbook with uh, with our passing game, 
And and now I think, uh, you know, seeing some teams uh, that we played, seeing the way that they tried to attack us, now it's our turn to utilize the offseason and start to get ourselves wrapped around, okay, how are we going to attack that? And then also, okay, we, you know, studying, you know, how teams defended Easton and, uh, and, and looking, okay, at some of these newer teams that we haven't played, okay, what exactly are they doing uh, against teams that throw the ball a lot and then trying to prepare ourselves for, you know, what is going to be their, their counter move. It's, it's the whole chess game. Yeah. So uh, we're very excited about it. Uh, we feel like we're we're building the foundation of of something special with this air raid offense, and uh, you know we're we're hoping to continue to you know be a leader, uh, you know throwing the football and running this style. Guys, thank you so much, Coach Jay Coleman, the Stephen Decatur Seahawks here on the Bayside Media Day. Really excited about this and excited about the fall. Guys, thanks so much for coming out. It means a lot to us. Appreciate it. Thank you. More of the timeout podcast on the way here, the Overtime Live edition, all presented by our friends at the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of the Timeout with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrett and the staff get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, so step away from the pain by calling Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. Welcome back. Timeout with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Wow, that's just some of the teams from the Bayside. Next week, we'll bring on board the rest of the high school football teams. And we're not just going to focus on football with this podcast. Of course, we're going to cover all sports, as you've seen uh, from the first six podcasts that we've put out. But, yeah, this one was pretty cool. And, and I think you'll like next week's, too, because of what the coaches have to say. And we're learning a lot about the teams. There's no doubt about that. And also learning about how the spring football and COVID has really affected the players and their and their mental health and what have you. So we'll see how that evolves as they are in the process of getting ready for their games that all begin on Friday night, September 3rd. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it. And, of course, we want to thank all of our sponsors that are making this happen as well. For Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter. Have a great one, everybody. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.